Welcome to Just Being, the podcast on learning to just be your most authentic self while caring for these minds and bodies we call home. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you for joining us for the fourth episode of Just Being. I'm Kirsty. And I'm Nikki, and today we're here to talk to you about one of my favourite topics of all time, Christmas. I can't believe it's only a couple of weeks away. Yep, it's definitely sneaking off on us. So Nikki, I know you've been really busy the last couple of weeks. What have you been up to since we last spoke? Yeah, it's been a bit of a busy week. So I've moved house and we are both currently speaking to you from the guest bedroom of my new place. Uh, It's all very exciting and I love it, but it has been a bit of a tough week as moving has all sorts of variables and moving parts that can go wrong which has definitely triggered my anxiety. I've also been having a particularly busy work period, so juggling those while wanting to put all my love and time into this podcast has been taxing for my all-or-nothing brain. But I did it, and we're here, and I am so, so happy, if admittedly suffering from a little bit of burnout. And now I have to turn my mind to thinking about Christmas. Usually by now I'm done with my Christmas shopping and ready to get wrapping, but I still have a long way to go for that. What about you, Kirsty? Are you starting to feel the festive spirit? Um, well, as I said, it snuck up on me this year. I'm mostly just feeling in the hibernation spirit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I we were planning to go to Glasgow with my office job because um, half of our team's up there, but unfortunately that got cancelled due to the current situation with COVID. Um, mm. So that's a shame that we won't get to see the other half of the team. But I am starting to feel Christmassy in the sense that I've got a few of my presents and I'm going to start making some candles this year as well. So I haven't got any decorations up or anything like that, but we'll get round to it in the next week or so, I reckon. I have started getting my decorations up, so I am ahead of you there. <laughs> <laughs> the meaning of Christmas. So fairy lights are everywhere and shops have had their decorations up for the last few months. I swear it gets earlier and earlier every year you start to see the trees in the shop windows. And most houses are now sporting their Christmas tree and their decorations by now, apart from you apparently, Kirsty. But what is actually the point of it all? The meaning of Christmas? And have we forgotten in this very consumer-driven, stuff-and-things-orientated society? If you asked people on the street what Christmas meant to them, I do genuinely believe that hardly anyone, except maybe for the children, would say giving or receiving presents. Yeah, that is most of what everyone is focusing on. Yep, Covid definitely highlighted this last year when so many of us couldn't spend time with our loved ones. Families around the world were unable to get to each other and in some places here in the UK were not allowed to. People weren't thinking, oh no, I won't have my presents to open on Christmas Day. It was more along the lines of, oh, I just wish I could see my friends and family. It was only the second Christmas that I hadn't seen my mum or grandparents for at all. And the first time round, it was a lot easier as it was through choice. And I was sunning myself on a beach in Thailand. Yeah, being on a beach in Thailand does seem like a very valid substitute for a cold UK Christmas. Um, But you're quite right. Last year was so tough for so many people. 
my parents really kindly dropped off food and presents outside my house the night before. Um, I'm lucky enough that even then they were only about 10 minutes away from me. Um, but it just, it didn't make it better. It didn't fix the issue because it wasn't the food or the presents I was upset about. It was the fact that it was, for me, it was the first Christmas I didn't ever spend with them. If I could have swapped the presents for the people, I would have done so in a second. And I'm sure there were a lot of people who felt the same way. If anything can be taken from the experience, it is to stop and remember what you miss the most. What is really important? There are so many people talking about that, yet I do worry we've already started to forget and get back into old routines. Also, the financial impacts of COVID were fast for some people, and we need to remember many of our friends and family may be feeling pressure to match previous year's gift giving financially while still recovering from the impacts of the pandemic on their business or having months or even a year of partial payment or not being able to work at all. Yet there are enough stress-inducing events going on in the world without us putting unnecessary extra pressure on ourselves, financial or otherwise, just because the calendar and big businesses try to influence us to do so. Stress is also extremely bad for the immune system, so this year make your health a priority your family will be more thankful to get to spend many more Christmases with you. That's so true. The impacts of stress on health can just be major. Even the Grinch realised maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Christmas perhaps means just a little bit more. He stole the Who's presents and decorations from their trees, but they still found the Christmas spirit and they came together as a community. One of many life lessons from Dr Zeus. For this episode, I did look into where the traditions of Christmas came from. I did know already that what we think of a Christmas is a blend stolen from a number of different origins. But what I didn't know is this idea of gift giving came much later on. Originally, the holiday, like many others, was based around feasting and spending time with family and friends. I also found a lot of accounts that during the final weeks of December, it was a time of charity when the poor could ask or even demand more from those who were better off and more fortunate than themselves. Christmas has been celebrated in various forms since the Roman Empire or even before, but the concept of presents didn't come about until the 1800s, and this has been linked to corporations' marketing efforts, which was then later linked by religion to the three wise men's gift-giving to Jesus. In his book, The Battle for Christmas, historian Stephen Nisenbaum presents the 19th century reinvention of the holiday as a triumph of the upper and middle classes over working class. It served a new purpose to highlight and widen this class divide. It was around this time Christmas began to look like the holiday we recognise today. This custom grew greatly after the positive reception of the 1823 poem The Before Christmas and the 1843 novella A Christmas Carol, both of which most of us still know very well today. Oh, interesting. I did not know that that's where the commercial side of Christmas started. So why have we decided to cover this on a well-being podcast? Well, for all the festive cheer, it can also bring a lot of stress. Over two in five Brits have felt stressed during the festive season, while about one in four has struggled with anxiety or depression, according to YouGov. They ran a survey and a quarter of those who responded said Christmas made their mental health worse. That's insanely high, but I'm honestly not surprised. I think it's because we are pressured into focusing on and prioritising the wrong things. 
We find that true joy and happiness is in spending quality time with loved ones and nurturing those relationships and connections. It has nothing to do with how much stuff you have. Presence over presence. Yeah, a big problem I have with the practice of gift giving is that for some it's turned into a competition of who spends how much. I know couples who spend hundreds they really don't have on each other, almost to try and outdo the other, show they are the more loving, considerate partner. And it often seems to result in disappointment or dissatisfaction as the gifts become more about getting up to a higher total spend rather than thought about what each other really needs. Doesn't mean someone who earns less loves their partner less if they can only spend £20 and are given a £100 gift. Not at all! especially when there's no thought behind the £100 gift. Just adding things to an Amazon basket for the sake of spending a gratuitous amount isn't a token of affection in my book. For me, it's often the things that cost less but are really considered, or even that one really, really special perfect gift that's clearly been well thought through, that you treasure and makes the receiver really feel valued. Exactly, it really is the thought that counts. And if someone spends £80 on you, you probably then feel the pressure to spend the same amount on them. But you shouldn't. Christmas shouldn't be about feelings of guilt. Unfortunately, so many people get into debt over this, including my lovely mum. It's only because she's so generous and thoughtful, but beyond her means. And she's not the only one. Mental health charity Mind found from its survey that over 41% of people get into debt because of Christmas. And the likelihood is that this debt may linger longer than you would like and could ultimately impact on your mental health, especially if you're struggling with your finances in general. If you are struggling with debt, I would recommend you visit Martin Lewis's website, www.martinlewismoneysavingexpert.com. He has loads of great money saving and debt reducing tips for Christmas and all year round. He also has a weekly show on ITV. He put it well when he said... Sometimes the greatest gift you can give is freeing someone of the obligation of having to give you a gift. It might feel like an awkward conversation to have, but it's worth being honest about your financial situation with your friends and family. And they might actually be in a similar position and thank you for bringing it up. This is so true and I'm so glad you've mentioned this. Having been paying rent on a two-bed house in Rygate on my own for half of the year, and then on top of that the cost of moving, paying for cleaning, and losing some of my deposit, I have completely depleted all the savings that I had, and I'm very much getting by on my salary month to month. So I've had to let some of my friends and family know that I won't be able to get them something this year, or if I do, it will be really small. This is partly to avoid my own embarrassment of being gifted something and feeling that guilt of not being able to meet the spend, which is so silly and just adds so much unnecessary pressure. But I've also mentioned it to hopefully take away any pressure off the other people, because so many of us might be in the same position having had a few tough years. And actually, I have had a couple of people come back to me and thank me for my honesty and say that they're in the same position, so it's definitely worked out for the best. Um, I didn't get this memo, Nikki, and I'm still expecting my really overpriced, extravagant Christmas present. (laughs) I can never resist getting you something. You are one of my all-time favourite people to buy for, because I can pretty much just buy stuff that I love myself. (laughs) (laughs) The age we're at, there really is a clear divide in where people are financially. 
Some are working their way up the career ladder, some are very much smashing it in super senior roles and starting to get that disposable income, and some are having children and starting their own families, so money is tight, working less hours with more financial outputs. Everyone's situation is so unique, so it's tough when the value of gifts get boiled down to literally just their price tag, with everyone being expected to spend exactly the same. I do also find what people buy their children has got a bit out of control. And again, comparison has a lot to answer for here. If, let's say, Michael at school is talking about how he got six new Xbox games, a new bike, Lego sets, some action figures, and poor little Alfie only got a new toy truck, Alfie might be made to feel that his parents don't care as much or love him as much as Michael's, which is just so unfair and wouldn't be the case at all. Both children's parents love them and have probably equally spent what they can afford. It might not even occur to Michael or Alfie to compare or have the thoughts of one or other being lacking, but just having this fear that they might for the parents adds enough stress and pressure that they may feel that they have to spend outside of their means. Also, what is really sad is that for a lot of children, what they'd actually really love is just the gift of their parents' time. You are their world, and in these crazy busy lives we lead, quality time is very nearly always a commodity. Give them a day out together, a trip to Legoland, to the nature park, or even just a dedicated trip to a park you've not been to before. Yeah, still get them something to open, but you don't need to buy them 20 new toys that they'll play with once and then move straight on to the next thing. This isn't teaching them to appreciate things or the value of things. Or you could get them something to do together, like a board game that you play with them. Still get them that toy polar bear or panda that they love, but let part of the gift be that you're taking them to the zoo in the new year and they get to go and see the real thing. Kids value your time and quality attention. And honestly, that's what as adults we should value too. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. And I remember when I was a kid, um, I had a friend who got to go to Disneyland about three times a year and we get so many Beanie Babies for Christmas because that was the in thing back then and I used to be jealous of the amount of Beanie Babies that she had so I would add those to my already very long list for my poor mum to have to try and live up to. My friend at work actually mentioned that he let his two sons loose on a toy store website the other day and said they could put whatever they wanted in the basket he checked back a little while later and the value between them was thousands of pounds. I think he said about £8,000 if I've got that right. Wow. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, there's only one or two special toys that they've had their eye on all year that they're really going to value and still be playing with, you know, months from now. I know when I was a kid, I wanted every toy I saw on the adverts. And the 90s equivalent of adding items to an online shopping basket was circling page after page of toys in the Argos catalogue. <laughs> Looking back now, I realise how tough it would have been on my single parent mum when I gave her the longest wish list, thinking it was Santa's problem to deal with and not hers. Yeah, that is so difficult. And when you're little, you're just not thinking about things like that. But it's down to the parents to make those decisions and spend what they can afford to spend. Mm -hmm. No kid is going to want to deal with parents who are completely stressed out from being in debt the rest of the year just to give them that one really special Christmas morning. Exactly. It's also worth bearing in mind that not everyone does have family or loved ones, and that can be particularly difficult during this time of year. 
so now is a particularly good time to reach out to people. There are lots of charities you can find for your local areas that will allow you to send drawings or handmade cards from your children or handwritten letters from yourself to the elderly in homes that might not have anyone. Also, donating to children charities can make the world of difference to a child this Christmas, particularly if they don't have family themselves. In general, Christmas can also bring up a lot of feelings and emotions. Some people have been living alone or have recently lost someone or gone through a breakup. And this time of year can really enhance those feelings and just make everything so much worse. So remember to be especially kind this year. I really rate my charity and the work they do around mental health. And they actually have a brilliant page dedicated to how you can help others during this time of year. And funnily enough, I saw today that Fern Cotton's organisation, Happy Place, have created a t-shirt that says Snowed Under to recognise how tough this time of year can be for people's mental health. The process the proceeds of which will be going to Mind Charity, which is such a brilliant idea. Waste not, want not. Not only does this focus on gifts take away the meaning, it also adds to the waste. So much rubbish is generated over Christmas. Chances are that if you have a token in mind that you want to spend on someone, you'll try and reach it by giving them some gifts that they won't really value or might not even use. It might end up being thrown in the bin next time they have a clear out or move home. Or the more sustainable option, being re-gifted in next year's secret Santa at work. It's the gifts that are chosen with love that people treasure forever. It really is the thought that counts, not the price tag. Yeah, for sure. And having just moved house, I've got rid of so much stuff. And I can definitely say there is an embarrassing number of um, Christmas presents that, that didn't pull at my heartstrings in there. So it is very <laughs> true. But my most treasured and memorable Christmas gift was actually a notebook that my friend made um, for me when we were teenagers. So in it, she printed and glued loads and loads of photos of us from our time being friends so our last few years together and written things around like not just in neat lines underneath but round and round every available space on the page so memories of what was going on at the time um random quotes that came to mind memories that were inspired by these photos and it's just one of my most treasured possessions whenever I move I pretty much go through everything I own to have a really good clear out and tidy because that's the kind of person I am I like to make things harder for myself but every time I come across this book, I have to just stop and take time to flick through it. And the nice thing is, it wouldn't have cost her that much. It was her time and the thought that went into it that made it just so meaningful. Oh, I love that. And it's true, memories make the best presents. Especially with photos, when everything nowadays is online. I think a lot of us don't get around to printing off the photos of our treasured memories. So it's lovely that you've got all that in one place. And so many of the unwanted gifts are plastic and not made to last. And if the gift itself isn't, then the packaging it comes in will be. So why is having an eco-friendly Christmas important to us? Well, according to Wildlife and Countryside Link, around 114,000 tonnes of plastic packaging will be thrown away and not recycled in the UK this Christmas. And we all know what a devastating effect this plastic is having on wildlife around the world. That is an insane figure. Hearing you say it like that just really puts it into perspective. I work in a team that has a lot to do with climate change and some of the stats that I've seen going around are just terrifying. Um, one of which is, which is kind of a countdown to 
um, when we go past the point of climate change being irre irreversible for the world to us continue living in the world as it is. And that, that definitely makes you reevaluate some things, particularly how much plastic you use. And you're right, there's um, so many toys, gifts, uh, accessories, beauty products. They all come in plastic packaging when they just don't need to. There are a lot of eco-specific gifts out there, though, that you can give to people if you look. Last year, I gave my friends bamboo toothbrushes and reusable makeup pants. And there's this wonderful eco-clothing company that I really love, but is a little bit out of my budget, called Thought Clothing. But a few years ago, they had this amazing initiative where every pair of bamboo Christmas socks you bought, they would donate a pair to the homeless, which was such a great idea. And not only good for the environment, but good for the good for people, good for the planet. And my mum said it was one of her most meaningful gifts she received that year, even though it was just a pair of socks. Oh, I can see why. My mum had um, a lovely idea this year and she suggested that we, as part of our Christmas presents to each other, we make donations to Shelter, homeless charity. So we thought we would share five top tips on a more planet and bank account friendly Christmas. So for tip number one, every year I use recycled and recyclable brown paper for all my Christmas wrapping. And you can get some really nice stamps and ink pads online to decorate it or just use colour pens, whatever you'd like, and make them look really beautiful. Which is not only good for the environment, but does add that really lovely personal touch and is very Instagrammable when you see them all there with their pretty bows. <laughs> it does take me hours, but I honestly don't mind. And it's such a lovely thing to do, just sitting in front of the TV, watching Christmas movies. You can also buy recycled paper cards or something I've started to see this year, which is brilliant, which are cards that you plant when you're done with them because they have seeds in, which is just such a sweet idea. Oh yes, I've seen those flower seed cards, but I've never actually bought any of them, but I love that idea. And it's actually one of my goals uh, this year to use more recyclable paper. And you have inspired me by using it in previous years and seeing how cute and creative your <laughs> wrapping looked with, like you say, all the bows and the stamps. <laughs> I love it. Tip two and another goal of mine is to support small and local businesses. I plan on doing most of my small Christmas shop on Etsy this year. Etsy's a brilliant source for things like that. And I follow a lot of UK businesses on Instagram and bookmark things throughout the year that I think will make good gifts for my friends. So some that I'd recommend would be Ratchet Clothing Company for amazing quality and reasonably priced hand tie-dyed clothing, Joni or Lucian Yak Clothing, Mantra Jewellery, which has some beautiful pieces with really sweet messages. Max Made Me Do It have a fantastic range of um, homeware and their ha everything on that is hand designed by the owner. And for a slightly higher budget, there's also Elizabeth Scarlett, who does beautiful, again, hand-designed, stitched luxury items like makeup bags or velvet eye masks. So those are just a few ideas to get you started. And when it comes to food, I've been a bit slack with my own veg patch this year. So I've only got two crops, um, really, that have come up, which are potatoes and carrots. So I will be ordering an organic Christmas veg box from either Abel & Cole or Riverford. I love both of these companies for their sustainability. Almost everything is packaged in cardboard and paper bags and they collect and reuse the boxes once you're done with them. And honestly, their fruit and veg taste so good as it's so fresh and it comes from farms around the UK rather than being flown halfway around the world and then sitting on a supermarket shelf for a week before it even reaches your plate. 
That's such a good idea. I've honestly never thought of the idea of food being with shop local, but supporting local farms is a brilliant way to do it as well. And I know there's someone at my work that actually knows um, a farm not that far from her, her town. And um, yeah, she goes and gets any of their excess fruit and veg that they're not able to sell to supermarkets, which is such a brilliant way of, of supporting local. And you can also give the gift of your own skills. As I'm a holistic therapist, in the past I've created a little handmade voucher for a couple of my friends for a massage, for example. But I've only given it to the friends that I knew would really actually appreciate a massage. So maybe if you're a hairdresser, you could give the gift of a haircut or hair colour. That's a great idea. And building on this, our tip four is to give the gift of your time. So very similarly, you could do a handmade voucher for a day out together, a movie of the other person's choice, or even just quality time in together with no phones or screen time. If someone is a new mum, for example, time is something they will definitely be lacking. And you could make them a load of meals for them to keep in the freezer, or do a voucher for you to clean their house for an hour a week in the new year, or even just go and hold the little one so they can have a shower in peace. These cost you nothing but your time and could honestly make the world of difference to someone more than some new DVDs or a new pair of oven mitts might. This could also work really well for a grandparent or any friend or relative who has been having to isolate since COVID or even just lives on their own. As their Christmas gift, you could commit to finding them for a chat or to read to them at weekends for the next few months or meet them outside for a monthly walk regularly to help make sure they're getting out and about seeing and socialising and also plan to take them out somewhere new each time for the experiences. I love the idea of the um, freezer meals or batch cooking, um, giving that to your friend who's a mum. And to be honest, I would really appreciate that, even though I'm not a mum. <laughs> I can't think True. of many, many presents better than food. I'm very motivated by food. You could also gift a voucher booklet. You could do different coupons to say, for example, I'll make you X amount of dinners or I'll spend a night doing whatever you want, or the chores around the house for a week, or a cinema date. This works well for couples, but could also be great for close friends. Or even if you know a friend that is feeling a bit down and lonely, it could work well at any time of the year. And our last tip is to make your own gifts or Christmas cards. Last year I made everyone a little wooden Christmas decoration from those cut logs, which went on their Christmas card. And I've also made macrame in the past, if you enjoy that, there's so much you can do with macrame. Jewellery, key rings, hangers, plant holders. The world really is your oyster there. Yes, I've still got and love that cute little decoration you made for me last year or the year before, I think it was. And I've wanted to do something similar in the past, but I'm not particularly crafty. I can't remember where I heard this, but it really rang true with me, which was buying craft materials and using them are two different hobbies. <laughs> I definitely fall into the first camp. Um, things never really turn out how I wish they would or how I'd imagined. But one thing I do love making is scented candles. You don't have to be the most artistic, but you can still get creative by coming up with different combinations of essentials, depending on your nose's preference and the desired effect. So if I'm gifting one to a friend who often feels stressed out, then I'll use a combination of something like lavender and jasmine because it's calming. Or you could try cinnamon and orange together, which gives you a really uplifting, warm, Christmassy vibe. And whatever you do make, make it with love. 
That's really nice. And it's definitely true that if you make something with love, people can tell. So just to wrap that up for those of you um, that found it a little bit informational overloading, we've got use eco-friendly wrapping, shop local, gift your skills, gift your time or make your gifts. And not one of our five top tips, but still handy. Don't be afraid to ask someone if there's something specific they actually want. I make a list every year of all the things I can't quite justify buying myself, but do need. And I love it when someone asks me if there's anything I want. It means you know that money is going on something that will definitely add value for their life. Merry and Bright Memories So, Kirsty, do you have a favourite Christmas memory you want to share with our listeners? And if so, what is it about that one that would make it so special? So, I'd say my favourite Christmas for the fact that I managed to get away from the whole commercial gift-giving side of it was when I was in Thailand about four Christmases ago, I think it was. Spent it on a beach and I did miss my seeing my family but it was really nice to, even though it didn't really feel like Christmas, even with the Santa hats, it felt really nice to just be out of that whole kind of stressful build up of, and getting into debt kind of thing. Um, well, I say that my money was probably being spent on other things, but it was just nice to get away and kind of be free of all the pressures that come with Christmas is what I mean. Um, and then I'd say my favourite kind of typical Christmas in the UK um, would have probably been the earliest one I can remember when I was about five. And I got my first bike and I still remember it like it was yesterday running into the living room and being so excited when I saw it wrapped up. And I could tell what it was because it wasn't in a box or anything. It was just wrapped up in the shape of a bike. And um, yeah, I still got that memory today. And I remember seeing how happy my mum's face was as well, um, seeing how happy I was. And yeah, I'd say they're my my two favourites. And what about you, Nikki? Oh, I'm also going to be greedy and share too, seeing as you did. (laughs) (laughs) My most memorable Christmas is being really young and going away with my full family. So my uncles, my aunts, my grandparents. I remember it was snowing. I couldn't even tell you where it was, just that it was in the UK. But it's the fact that I was surrounded by my family that made it so wonderful. I remember treasure hunts had been set up for different people's Christmas gifts and lots of Christmas hats and walks and good food and tickling till I felt sick (laughs) but it was not too long after that Christmas we lost my aunt um, which I think is definitely what made it all the more memorable and precious to me but actually my favourite Christmas memory would probably be the year before last which I spent with my partner at the time and my parents with our two dogs just relaxing, eating, chatting and laughing Blue was a tiny puppy then, which was just magical. I'd literally had him two days. And I think this is part of why it was such a special Christmas. I was just so excited. And we all sat around the crackling fire with my mum's beautiful Christmas tree twinkling behind us. It was so relaxing and wonderful and all just about quality time. And for me, that's definitely what Christmas should be. Oh, that sounds so lovely. Good company, good food and a fire. What more do you need? If only every Christmas could be so idyllic. Yeah, and, you know, a young puppy. So maybe that's what (laughs) everyone needs every year to make their Christmas. (laughs) I also think it's relevant here to share my worst Christmas, considering what we've been talking about. So six or seven years ago, when my mental health was at a particularly low point, 
but I didn't have the awareness to realise that's what was going on. That was what the problem was. Um, so this was before my generalised anxiety disorder diagnosis and mental illness was much less talked about then. I had a really lovely cosy Christmas with my parents and my partner and it could have been one of my best Christmas memories. But as it was, my anxiety was high, my depression was high and my present from my partner was a tablet which when I turned it on just world and world showed just the loading screen where it was trying to do an update and then it would just crash and turn off again. My main present for my parents was a new phone as my, pre my current one had died and I was using a very old one of mine. However, they'd been across wires and when they'd asked what model I wanted, for some reason my dad had ordered the same one I was currently using, which was a very old model, didn't support any apps, didn't have the option for data and so on. So my two main presents were a write-off and I let it completely ruin not only mine, but everyone else's Christmas. I was just grumpy and sulking all day, which stopped everyone from having a good time. I so vividly remember just sitting there for hours refreshing this tablet which clearly wasn't going to do anything different and just feeling so grumpy and getting more and more irritated every time it shut down again. I think my whole family ended up spending the day just holding their breath waiting for me to have some kind of tantrum. <laughs> but the reason it was such a bad Christmas is because I let the, the day become about the gifts rather than what it should have been which is spending time with people I really loved. Oh, that's so easy to do, though, getting wrapped up in it. And we are influenced to think that way and put all the focus on the gifts, like we mentioned earlier. But at least you appreciate the other more important side of Christmas nowadays. So before we go, what are you most looking forward to about this Christmas? Oh, definitely that it's going to be a very low-key Christmas. For many, this has been one hell of a year, myself included. It's like the pandemic caused a stockpile of all life's other dramas for the year and they all came to bite us all at once this year. I'm so looking forward to having some time off work to just be and relax in my new home. I'm right on the edge of a big open field with stunning views of Box Hill, so lots of winter walks with my dog. I'm also looking forward to just walking down the road to where my parents live to spend some dedicated time with them in front of the fire. And the fact that this year there's going to be four of us humans and three dogs is a pretty good ratio for a Christmas day in my book. What about you, Kirsty? Well, I'll definitely be joining you and Baloo on some of those walks. And I'm looking forward to having a week off from my nine to five. So I have more time and energy to put into what really makes myself happy. So spending time with my friends and family, being in nature and working on my business and just being. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, have a tip or two to take away, and are now feeling thoroughly festive. If you want to say hello or let us know what you thought, you can find us on social media under Colour Me Happy with two E's and me, and Holista Kirsty. That's one word with no C. We also have an Instagram for the show called Just Being underscore podcast, or drop us an email at justbeing underscore podcast at hotmail.com. Goodbye, lovely listeners, and until next time remember to just focus on the things in life that really matter. Join us next time when we'll be talking all things nutrition and how diet is not one size fits all.